Well, what is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Mike Goolsby live on a Sunday night. We both have new setups. My office got moved around. Uh, and Mike, talk to me about the desk, man. This looks fantastic, man. Yeah, I got a bunch of old mid-century furniture from the old house. And uh, I'm trying to create the, like a podcast studio slash office. So work with me, folks. You know, we're, we're going at put piecing it together as we go along, but um, doing my best, buddy. But yeah, happy to be settled in and kind of put a better product out there, you know. I'm wondering how much for like for you to put the helmet on during the stream. Like, what what's that super chat got to be? I'm joking, unless you just want to throw it on. Oh, I think it comes down to um. And I've got a jersey. I've, I got a jersey that I got to get. Figure out how to get that hung up. But I'll, dude, I'll do both. We knock off Texas A and M. We're going jersey helmet. You know, I'm in. I love it. Well, folks, forget uh, the super chat. It comes time to win. There you go. All right, no, don't super chat it, folks. We're just going to do that after Notre Dame beats Texas A and M on the road. Um, yeah. So we have a lot to talk about. Even though, yeah, the football season is over for Notre Dame. Um, and, uh, yeah, that A&M game is not for a while, but, uh, we have a lot to discuss. We're going to bring in Tim Hyde, um, in just a moment. Um, we had this quick super chat, um, from Q here. He says, uh, Goolsby from a player's perspective, walk us through game prep during the season, starting with Sunday Goolsby. I don't know how quickly you can run through this, uh, Mike, but do you want to give thoughts on this? So let's say, um, yeah, real quick. So let's say you played Michigan State. You're going to bust back. You get back late, late, late at night slash early morning. You got to talk to all the dudes in the dorm. You know, what happened? You know, um, go to sleep, wake up Sunday. You're right back at the stadium for like a lift, a run to get the soreness out. Of course, that you, know, you, you want to run the day after a game. Maybe that's old school. Watch film. And then... Um, you're right back into the swing of things. Class on Monday, practice, lift, et cetera. I mean, it's very much Groundhog's Day during the season. You know, and then you've got walkthroughs. Um, later into the week, you travel. You know, Friday Friday you'll travel. You'll do a walkthrough Friday night slash Saturday morning, depending on when the game's being kicked off. But that's pretty much it. There's definitely no rest for the wicked in terms of Notre Dame players in season. Okay. How's that, Mike? I appreciate the uh, super chat. Good explanation, Goolsby. For folks watching on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up on this video. Of course, subscribe to our channel for more Notre Dame football and recruiting content if you are new here. Um, and go to blueandgold.com. You're home for all things Notre Dame football coverage. And I'll go ahead and bring in uh, Tim Hyde. Uh, Tim, do you have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, all those good things, my friend? Yes, yes to all. Yes to all. Um, Sorry about that. I wasn't even getting ready. I was sitting there making some notes as Goolsby was talking. But no, it's holidays. It's like holidays are awesome. Football, great football. And we got the NFL kicking off next week. Some little game tomorrow night. So um, it's a good time to be a football fan. How's that? So Yeah. Yeah. For our live audience, just so you know, I'm a diehard Dolphins fan and I really need to watch the Dolphins game. So we're on a tight schedule today. As I've said before many times, I've not seen the Dolphins win a playoff game since I was seven. 
and I'm 30. So it's 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 about time we need to beat the Bills so we can get the Steelers at home so I can see the Dolphins win another playoff game. Uh, but we'll dive into the show. This is very much like a, we're just kind of go with the flow, see what you guys are asking about in the comments and talking about, uh, and then where the conversation takes us today. But uh, we are going to uh, kind of start with, uh, you know, whenever we do these shows, I, I always text the guys and say, hey, what, what, what do you guys want to talk about, really? Just kind of see, what, see what's on their mind. And uh, the first thing Goolsby said was, like, kind of season, postseason awards, MVP, that kind of thing. Um, so I can pop up on the screen real quick. The Echoes Awards winner, um, the, the, you know, Hartman MVP, Bertrand, the father Ted Man of the Year, Estime. Offensive player of the year, Watts, defensive player of the year, so on and so forth. Goolsby, did you see this, the, the, these winners? I did, but it's been – yeah, this is a good refresher. That's a lot of awards. They didn't have all that many awards back when I was playing, you know. I think it was like offense, defense, MVP, that's about it. So scroll up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the MVP one is a fun one to talk about. Oh, is it? I think <laughs> – Yeah, yeah, I think it's a fun one to talk about. So I, you get the Hartman one, and I was sitting there walking the dogs earlier, and I'm like, who would, who would, just to go against the grain a little bit, who would have been an MVP type candidate? And yeah, I think Watts is probably your MVP. Part of me, Tim, I'm like, there was a point in time in that season where it's like, Mitchell Evans could have damn near, damn near been your MVP. So it was like you needed a third down. It was flashbacks of Michael Mayer, just all reliable. Like that middle chunk of the season before the poor kid got hurt. You know, I might have cast a vote for Mitch as an MVP. Do you have any thoughts, Tim? Yeah, I mean, Evans was a stud. Um, you know, obviously in that one portion, what you know, right when he started getting going. So, um, yeah, he was a stud. I mean, I know instantly – I mean, we talked about this singer and I a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was. I, I, I was like stunned. I'll be honest with you. When I saw when I when I finally actually started to look at the awards, and I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, real quick, the the 20 awards they do now, that's a Brian Kelly thing. Marcus Freeman's kept this. So before that, Mike Goolsby's correct. You always had the Moose Krause Lineman of the Year, Team MVP, and a couple of the iconic awards that you have there. It's about five or six awards. And you pass out team captains and, and uh, your you know your letterman jackets, so to speak, and who got the monograms, and that was your award show. Nowadays, it's like 22 awards. Every senior gets a cupcake, and that's a Brian Kelly thing. He's kept that thing rolling, and Freeman's following suit. But uh, yeah, team yeah team MVP. Uh, when I first saw, it, I was like Sam Hartman. So yeah, you just don't think he's the MVP like Mike Goolsby. I just went and googled yours. Justin Tuck. When you think of Justin Tuck, he dominated, and obviously I carried that on in the NFL, but he was your team MVP. So those are like names you think. I know some fans, I, I instantly thought of Joe Alt. It's Alter Watts, because Watts made, Singer brought this up when he and I talked about it, was his plays were huge. They mm -hmm. just popped big moments, and he made big plays in the big games. He had uh, – the Duke, the unsung you know, play of the year, believe it or not, is the TFL that he got on the last play against Duke that gave Hartman a shot to go 95 yards. If Watts doesn't get that TFL, boom, first down, Duke runs out the clock, and Notre Dame's 
a whopping eight and four, right? Playing in the Sun Bowl. So Watts and then Joe Alt just dominated. Some would say Estime. I may not have a lot of fans after saying this, but Estime really didn't dominate in the big games. He he, he just didn't. He, you know, he had obviously the uh, early against Clemson, Ohio State, SC, but the worst game of the year you got, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, 10 carries, 20 yards against Louisville. So that just goes to the whole night of that thing. But um, just a quick little ramble when it comes to MVPs. Singer, you all right? Yeah, you all right? What do you got? Uh, we just had a, uh, a, a the biggest super chat I've ever seen, and I don't know if this was a mistake or not by SDS. Um, maybe, maybe do you want to let it air out? Give, give him time to redact that. I'll keep talking while you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Go for it. You know, it's funny, Tim. You say this is like this is the this is that kind of look back episode at twenty twenty three. What could have been, et cetera. Yeah. And it's like you know, estimate probably should have been your MVP, Tim. Yeah, yes. but it's like the guy the guy can't call his own number, unfortunately. That well, that goes back to the man. That goes back to the I, I think the first post game after Navy, where or maybe even the second one after Tennessee State. And you started to yeah, you're like, okay, Tennessee State, I understand it. This whole we're going to rotate all these guys, five headed monster, the whole little you know graphic you could put on Twitter and stuff of that nature. But I remember saying nine months ago, twelve months ago, feed estimate. You only got him yeah. for this one year. He, I'm telling you, man, if Estimate just had five more carries in every single game, he's first team All American, and who's to say he's not a Heis, uh, up in the the Heisman top ten, maybe even higher than that, because his numbers would have been, you know, just huge. How how about they just give Estimate two more carries against Ohio State after they get back to back first downs? They rotate him. So, yeah, man, I would love. You know, a love, love for someone in the Notre Dame media in South Bend, just corner someone in the office and be like, what is the running back rotation? Because Freeman has said time and time again, the assistants are the ones that rotate. So, man, sometimes that drives that, that drove me nuts a few times because I'm a big fan of estimate, a big fan of the workhorse. You played with some guys where you're going to feed them 20 something carries a game. And that's a what stunk with estimate is there's so many games. 16, 17, 18 carries. Man, give them five freaking more carries. Let's go. So that's, that's the most frustrating. I think when we look back, there's some games it's like he could add 25, 28 carries, and you're looking at a New Year's Six Bowl. And there's no sense in there's no sense in having a, a body like Estimate. I mean, that's we we kid about this, Tim, but we're like dead serious. God put that young man on the earth to pound the rock and give him 22, 24, 26 carries a game. It's like there's no sense in being built like that if you're not going to be, you know, just a hammer and wear people down. Um, yeah, at the end of the season, it's like the guy had full tread left on his tires. You know, yeah. it's like like you were saying, Tim, it's like run those tires ball like he's off to the league. Um, and then that was something else I want to talk about. That was the running back usage this year, really the last couple years, Tim. Like it's just some of this stuff, it's head scratching. The number of guys that we play, and then the spots that they play them in. 
you know, consistently, like, you know, with Payne being your third down guy. Like, we need to, Tim. You're the coach. Do you have to play five running backs? <laughs> Do we need five? That's that's a lot of running backs. That's a lot of rotation. Now, obviously, they didn't do it, you know, with Ford at times. I get that, but um, but even you know, yeah, it, it was interesting. Price coming back. I like the way they they worked Price. You talked about this a ton, Mike uh, Goolsby, when it comes with injuries of just not throwing him into the fire. And I I think they did a great job with Jadarian, especially because he was healthy as as could be in that Sun Bowl, and he looked like it. he was. A much better running back. He looked like he did a year ago in his high or two years ago in his high school highlights. He looked legit. And then and then love, obviously, there were so many times frustrating, just like he's so close to going 50 yards and you just wanted to feed him. But SMA was your guy. Could have just fed him some more. Um, yeah, someone wrote in the comments here, well, you know, five more is not going to beat Louisville. He only had 10 carries against Louisville. And Notre Dame did have the lead in the third quarter, 13 to 10, before you know the tires went off of that game. So it's not like that game was a blowout. That game was close and then it got away from them. So who, you know, who knows if something could have changed in that game? But it's the Clemson game, how they just never ran him again after he almost has a hundred in the first half. And then obviously, I mean, we've talked a hundred times, just Ohio State. How does how was he not in the game to finish that? Yeah. Oh, I, that is going to be a head scratcher of all time. All right, before we continue the conversation, we're, we're going to hear from um, our sponsor over at Prize Picks, um, which is a, a website and app that I've had a ton of fun with um, during the football season. Um, but they also have many other sports, um, you know, for this kind of daily fantasy thing. I mean, um, college, basketball. Um, you know, you know, everything, NASCAR, MMA, cricket, soccer, I mean, golf, I mean, seriously, all, all sorts of stuff. So you, you pick two to six players for an entry, and if they will go more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Use the promo code BGI, and you will receive 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. So you put in 100 bucks, and prize picks will give you 100. You put in 50, they're, they're going to match you with 50. Um, so please do check it out over at prizepicks.com. Use the promo code um, BGI. Um, and uh, here, here's what I cooked up for the national championship game um, with my buddy, um, Adam. Adam, uh, appreciate you you cooking me this up. J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix, their combined passing yardage less than 487.5. Roma Dunze to not score a touchdown. Jack Westover, Washington tight end, more than 2.5 receptions, and Blake Corum to not go over 100 yards. I just need to hit three of four on a flex play to win my money back. Goolsby, is this an instant loss, or do you like it? I just, I'm not familiar with prize picks, and I probably need to be. Are you coming up with these, with the figures like the Roma Duze? No, no, no. These are all the prize picks projections. I don't think I like it. Okay. I don't know anything about the tight end, but the Roma Duze one, I would say, is probably a bad bet. And then the under, what is that, 487? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it depends on how the, the game goes. Joe Klatt did an amazing breakdown of how the, this game's going to go in the number of possessions. Yeah, I mean, I don't – in the Blake Corman less than a hundy, dude. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll Good check luck. back. Good luck. Uh, you're pretty good at these, though, from what I understand. Uh, I, I'm, I, 
we only hear about the winners. That's how betting goes. You well, know? I mean, let's just past entries. I mean, just today, your boy hit, you know, a little, little something, something. So, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're doing, we're doing okay. Um, but yeah, folks, please do check it out. Pricepix.com. Use that promo code BGI. Receive hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Um, so thank you to our sponsors over at BGI. Um, yeah, so we got the biggest super chat I've ever seen from SDS who, uh, she says it was an accident. Um, she meant $10, um, and it was 500. Um, so folks, I do want to say the super chats, you guys are amazing, but yeah, I, I know this one was an accident, but you really don't need to, I mean, if you do five bucks, it, that's all you need to do. Just like $5 super chats. You guys don't need to go above and beyond on these. Seriously. We, we were just appreciative of you guys just hanging out and watching. Um, so seriously, but SDS thoughts, she, we're going to figure out how to get you this refund SDS, but, uh, we, we can both, uh, or we can answer this question real quick for, for Mike and, and Tim, just thoughts on Denbrock. Are you pretty excited about this, Tim? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've talked about it just, you know, you're getting a vet, you're getting a guy that's been around the block. Heck, he, he was on the staff when Mike Goolsby played. That's how long he's been around. Notre Dame is going to be his, what, his third stint. So that's what's, you know, that's what's exciting is he's been through the wars. You got him, you got Al Golden on the D, you got two, you know, aged veterans that have been through it all. And that's, you know, that's the most exciting thing. I know people think, oh, he's bringing the LSU offense. Well, the LSU offense was Heisman Trophy winner and a bunch of first round draft picks at wide receivers. So I don't think those guys are going to be at Notre Dame. So, but his experience, play calling, the things that he's going to bring back to Notre Dame is, is what's nice. And I've talked about him being gone from Notre Dame and what he's done from 17 to 23 is very impressive. How he helped build Cincinnati to a playoff team. And then obviously the last two years with uh, with Brian Kelly down there at LSU running that offense. Goolsby? Yeah, so as Tip stated, Denbrock was there when I was there under Willingham. On the Patreon, I'm actually going to bring on a couple of his former tight ends to kind of talk about him, his nature, like as a as a coach. But just a rock solid dude. The gray hair factor. You've got uh, obviously Al Golden on the defensive side, Denbrock on the offensive side. You've got you know kind of that Freeman sandwich, that gray hair sandwich. That sounds disgusting, but I'm sure it's going to it'll, it'll work out in terms of coaching. I, I love it. And the recruiting pitch, yes, it's his third trip back to Notre Dame. I mean, get real. I mean, when you're trying to sell that program to some of these kids, I don't think Notre Dame, most Notre Dame fans appreciate, like, how big of a deal SEC football is. Um, you know, he's been down south. He's, you know, he's been competitive in the SEC, best offense in the country, Heisman Trophy winner. That's going to carry a lot of weight with maybe kids that, might not have been Notre Dame types, you know, generically speaking. I think if a Mike Denbrock, uh, you know, former LSU coach gives you a ring now at, at Notre Dame, I think you're going to be a little bit more receptive to some of those types of recruits. Um, and then, you know, I think as the three of us were texting, it's like, let Golden go nuts on the defense, let Denbrock do his thing. And then Marcus, you just, you know, continue to promote. You're kind of the figurehead. You're the lead recruiter, et cetera, um, and, and just keep building this thing. I mean, it's a it's a it's a home run hire. And I mean, going into this offseason, you know, Tim, you've been up to your eyeballs in Notre Dame football probably longer than I have. I mean, from from a fan perspective, and 
this is the best that I felt about the program in since since you and I've been doing a show together, singer. It's the best I felt, you know, and Denbrock coming back is a huge, huge component to that, fellas. Sorry, muted. Uh I love the setup, Goolsby. And Tanner does too. He says Goolsby setup is next level. Um, so Tanner, yep, I agree with you, buddy. Uh, trash. They, with make, the they make real quick. They make these. The, the, uh, the acoustics in here is brutal, and they make these like acoustic wall panels with the wood, and it looks. But it's like, man, they are not cheap, you know. So I, no. I'm still working on it. But um, thank you, Trash, with the ten dollars super chat. He says, "My Notre Dame resolutions: one, watch the whole game. It's, it's always a, it's always a good one. Two, support <laughs> our quarterback. Yeah, you know." It's always good. Do not blame. Do not blame refs for losses. Trash. I feel like if I remember your super chats, it's refs and yeah, I think refs and and you talk about the announcers. I could be wrong. Um, but and then number four, have patience like Singer. My wife would disagree, but I, I appreciate that. Look good like Goolsby and be wise like Tim. I mean, I would just say look good like Goolsby and Tim. Uh, I don't know how wise Tim is when I dunk on him all the time in our arguments, but um, trash. Really appreciate the, uh, the well, $10 let, super chat. Well, let me bounce off of this, off of what uh, Mr. Goolsby just said is like, is the Denbrock hype a little too much? I mean, people are acting like, you know, you know, that's why I brought the wide receivers. I mean, it's, it's nice to have an, be an OC when you could sling it up to guys going in the first round. So is that going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, his experience, he's been the main guy. Obviously, he did it at Notre Dame under Brian Kelly. And then, you know, what he's done with, um, uh, which we call it fickle at Cincy, and obviously being the main guy down there at LSU. But, uh, man, some of the, you know, some of the, the conversations when you get in this offense is like, like LSU 2023 is going to look like Notre Dame 2024. And I don't know if that's fair. He's going to do a hell of a job because he's, I think he's a darn good football coach. But these expectations, are they a little overkill? Because you still need the dudes, don't you, Mr. Goolsby? LSU has some dudes. I mean, he wasn't in the bowl game, and they still threw for 400 yards. And that's um, – they got some guys down there. Yeah, no, it's – and I do want to talk about the wide receiver group because that's just so much fun. But, um, yeah, Tim, is it is it is is – Denbrock being overvalued, probably so, but I think you have to you have to juxtapose that with how fans felt about Parker. And it was like for the longest time, it was like Parker wasn't going anywhere. I mean, he wasn't getting fired. He wasn't gonna, you know, like he left on his own accord to go to Troy. I mean, it was like a perfect scenario. Like he goes to get to be a head guy, like awesome, congratulations. Oh, and by the way, we get the best offensive coordinator candidate out there who happens to love Notre Dame. I mean, it's a home run in that regard. You're saying, Tim, you know, the on-the-field product, yes. It's not going to quite look like an LSU. Um, and I think, yeah, Tim and I, we should do somehow, Tim, figure out a way to, like, just the, the breakdown of, like, what these SEC receivers run like, move like, et cetera. And I think you and I are very much kind of have the same train of thought. It's like, don't really care how tall he is. Don't really care what he weighs, but there are some young men out there playing college football that can just go run. Like, and I'm talking wide open. Cam Williams, though, Tim, Cam Williams can kind of do that. I mean, Cam Williams, 
his running form is like perfect. So I don't know what his time speed is, but when you watch Cam Williams on film, you're like, he's running away from people. And I mean, he's the closest thing that we've had to one of those guys in some time. No, I, I agree. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Notre Dame hasn't had a, a dude that's looked like Cam coming in since obviously Floyd, Tate, you know, those guys back then, you know. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting thing just with, you know, Denbrook comes aboard and just the hype, which it, it's excitement. Don't get me wrong. It's just going to be, it's still players. And that's, you know, and that and that's my big thing. I'm a huge believer. you got to have players. So just because an OC knows how to call a game, you don't have an outside receiver that could win one on. And when I say outside, I'm talking hash to the sideline. I'm not talking mm-hmm. post routes. I'm not talking push slot fades with Faison does as he torched the guys in the Sun Bowl. I'm talking about a bona fide outside number one. And we're going to see those tomorrow night at Washington. They got they they just roll them in. They're so damn good. And um, and then. You know, obviously, we I mean, we talked a ton about the SEC. They all got guys like that. So <laughs> who is the dude at Notre Dame? And that's going to be the interesting thing that Denbrock and all these guys find out. Yeah. Hey, Tim, have you gotten into, um, you know, the two transfer receivers, specifically Chris Mitchell, the kid from FIU? Do you have any thoughts on him? Because I do. Yeah. I mean, it's still – man, I, I, I guess I am one of those glass – Half empty, I guess, you know, with the uh, Bo Collins, a solid football player. Is he gonna I like beat Bo. you? I like Bo, yeah. But is he gonna beat you one? Is he gonna beat you on the outside? That's what I want to see. He's solid underneath. He's gonna catch the heck out of outs, really good route runner, physical, really, really aggressive football player. Mitchell, you know, he played at FIU. That's not, you know, I'm curious to see how, what that does. You know, when I say FIU, it's yeah, Florida International. What's he gonna do? Because AM's got some guys. So what's he going to do when he goes against, you know, old school SEC press man coverage from Mike Elko in game one? Uh, we're we're going to find out real soon. But um, yeah, I'm curious. I mean, they needed guys. I'm a big believer in bodies. They probably still need to get another body because you just need bodies on the outside. Wide receiver, D-line, you never have enough of those guys is my philosophy. It goes yeah. be, goes be, before you go on your receiver thought, can you can you just put a pause there and we'll come back to it? Happy to. All right, thank you. Um, again, your boys gotta we gotta watch this Dolphins game. This is very crucial. Eight fifteen Eastern. Dolphins are gonna beat the Bills. Three touchdowns. No, nah, I don't know about three touchdowns, but Dolphins are gonna beat the Bills. Um, but in the meantime, here, folks, we're gonna ask you a few questions, and they are: Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? If you're answering yes, you're going to want to call Andy Ludicky, who is a huge college sports fan and franchise veteran, having owned multiple franchises and businesses. Using Andy's expertise, he's going to help you find your American dream through a very thorough consultation and evaluation process. So give Andy a call at 404-973-9901 and put your life and career in your own hands. And best of all, his services are 100% free to you. So what do you have to lose? Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Give Andy a call, 404-973-9901, myperfectfranchise.net. A couple super chats before we get back into the receiver discussion. I also want to throw this out there. Mr. 2.0 said, Ms. Troy University is the real MVP. That was when he posted that comment when we were going through the whole MVP discussion. 
Uh, Michael said, excellent coverage this year. Tyler Horka was one of the few reporters to ask difficult questions about the 10-man fiasco following Ohio State. Do you think some competitors are too differential to the coaching staff? Uh, I know Tyler usually listens back to this show. He tells me when he walks his dog, so I'm sure Tyler um, got to see your comment, Michael, and I'm sure he is appreciative appreciative of your uh your your message there do you think some competitors are too differential to the does he mean like our competitors like other websites i think that's what he's, he yeah i think he's seeing other nd football media outlets yeah that's that's what the question is I don't I agree. Know. yeah i read that as is the is the media too soft that's how i read that all right well, well what what do you guys think I'll oh, Tim, I, this is another thing that's <laughs> this is the yeah yeah my thoughts will stay towards the messages between Gillsby and I how's that that's that that's the political Tim how's that um politician Tim comes out how about that yeah oh he's always bad yeah politician hey, Tim's hey, is always hey, waiting in the wings hey it's, soft and, hey it's soft and cuddly come on come on you know it's um yeah it's soft and cuddly Oh, and yeah, you don't want to be on the text chain with Tim and I during camp in particular, during fall camp, because Tim, Tim and I are like, what the F are we covering? Like, I don't care that Coach Parker's doing push-ups. Like, you know, like, uh, it's so some of the stuff in general, it tends to be a little, Tim's going to say soft and cuddly. I'm going to say it's it's cornball-ish. And like, the more you pay attention, you can tell who sources are, what players what parents, I mean, it's, it's like wildly transparent, but no, I think Horka does a good job of, you know, pushing the envelope a little bit. And I, I totally understand you got to kiss the ring to some degree. Um, but yeah, there are some questions that need asked and it's just like, you're doing a dis, you're doing a disservice almost to, you know, the fan base and, and it was funny, Tim, watching like Parker answer some of these questions because like you could tell Parker's reading press clippings. And it's like, yes, we do have play action in the in the playbook, et cetera. Like, uh, yeah, so I think sometimes Notre Dame football media, nobody ever asked me to come on their podcast or anything. And I totally get it because um, I guess they are competition now. But, yeah, it's corny as shit. <laughs> it's corny. At times, yeah. it's very corny. Yeah, yeah. Let's just spend twelve seconds on that. That is still. I, I probably I, I have listened to a billion press conferences from coaches, head coaches over over the last you know 25, 30 years. I mean, I remember you know I used to read them, just read oh you know what's the coach saying this week, blah blah blah. But for an for the offensive coordinator to bring up, he's literally hearing this is like I've never I've never heard a coach really get into that. That was that was pretty wild. Oh, uh, uh, you know, that just was wild. And real quick, I saw uh, one of the comments talk about uh, just real quick. Uh, someone said, Tim, are you just saying SEC love on a, when it comes to A&M? No, I actually literally just started breaking down their roster. They have a lot of transfers, but they've got a boatload of dudes coming in. So we'll get into A&M down the road. I saw a few A&M comments. I'm just starting to dive into their film and, and their roster on who's left from those elite recruiting classes the last few years. So it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a football game, man. You guys liking the push-ups? You liking the push-ups, Goolsby? Yeah. yeah push-ups. Well, listen, I mean, I'm a little myself. I mean, this, this, I get the push-ups, but this is all the look good in that, in that, uh, you know, that dry fit material. You want to get a little blood flow in the chest, you know, 
So, you know, so you fill out that, that shirt. That's all that is, you know, and I'm half kidding. But no, the camp stuff, it's just like, oh, like Tim and I, it's like, Tim, let's, I'll meet you there. Get in the car. Let's go watch practice. Cause it's like, I want to see some of this stuff. And it's like, what's being reported is Parker doing pushups. It's like, man, right. I'm swinging a miss. In the defense of the media there, cause I've been to practice at Notre Dame, dude, it, it, it's stretching. And then you might get some indie periods, like one or two. So, th- yeah, like, but get Parker's somebody like Tim and I, get somebody like Tim and I that knows some ball and like, okay, like, you know, I'm look, I'm looking at, I'm looking at ass cheeks and calf muscles. You know, I'm looking at stuff to see, like, I'm looking at movement, who looks good out there. You know, you can see a lot in a stretch line, Tim. You can. Ass cheeks, you know what I mean. No, I no, I, I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. A little less on routes on air, QBs, completing to managers. I hear you. But we'll get there. We'll get there. That's months away. All right, and Theodore, I have another passing. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Twenty dollars super chat from Theodore says thanks, guys, for the year. Uh, the defense really overperformed with Maris playing ninety percent snaps. Middle of O line was also really suspect. Thanks for everything this year, Theodore. Thank you um, for being such a consistent viewer um, of our live shows, um, Theodore. Thank you very much. Uh, trash two dollars says when I blame refs, other due to Notre Dame bias was real. All right, there, there's the trash I know and love. There you are, buddy. Appreciate the two. Um, okay. Trash has trash will always. I'm just speaking for him. He, he probably just every time he sees a flag, it's just 2014 PTSD against Florida State when they threw a flag on the game winning touchdown on the pick play. So believe me, every time I see a flag, I think of the same damn thing. So I, I feel I feel him. And Theodore said, uh, Goolsby, keep it real, man. You have great perspectives for sure. For sure. Theodore, really appreciate the uh, the support again. Uh, so, okay, so Ghouls, be going back to uh, the receiver talk. I know you want to talk about uh, Chris Mitchell from Florida International. Yeah, I like Bo. I like Bo. Bo seems like, yeah, he's like a McKinley type to me. He's, he's got some bounce to him and some size and some physicality. So He'll go up and get the ball. We're talking about Chris Mitchell having played at FIU. Like, I'm glad that we have him in the fold. Yes, you said, Tim, it's another body. But, like, I'm here in 4-4 speed, and I looked up his track time, and I think he was, like, an 11-1 or something in high school. And at a kid, for a kid that's 170 pounds, yeah, that's, I, that's not that fast. And then no, I just do four, not six, see 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, I mean, if four, you're running 11-something, that's like a 4-6, four, 4-6-5. Six, four, four, six, so Yeah, I don't see 4-4. Four, four. I don't see it. No. No, no. I, I, I've seen some dudes in Southern California run some, you know, some 10-5s hundreds you know that are, and, and those dudes are fat that's fast that is blazing fast so um, yeah 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 you know, it's funny because i remember you on one of your sunday shows mike when he when i think when he committed or he was visiting or something with you and a singer and you talked about that where you're like you keep hearing all this four four this film he makes some really good plays don't get me wrong you know i've seen some comments on that he does some really good things on film but i don't see him i'm, I'm with you i don't think he's a I'm going to run by your, you know, your ass and just go. I haven't seen that. Or at least I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, how's this? I'm not expecting that. I'm not expecting him to be golden Tate. I'm, you know, Will Fuller and just going to run, you know, run right by you. I haven't seen that on film or just the way. How about this? I mean, you brought it up just when you're talking about high ass and the caps and all that. And it's like just the way he runs, he doesn't, he doesn't explode like a four, four. And we could be wrong. Damn, I hope I am. 
I hope he runs right by dudes. But I'm I'm just not expecting that. And, you know, so I'm sure he can do it once in a while. I'm saying consistently, and let's talk, you know, and obviously the good team. And there's very few good teams next year. Next year's schedule is like butter. So the couple games he has to perform, those are going to be the main ones that we'll critique him on. Yeah, and he, and he did. I think he had nine catches against an SEC team in Arkansas last Arkansas. year. But it's like, and that's the pushback. That's the natural pushback. But I, it's just like every squirrel finds a nut. And he's a, another, again, highly competitive guy. Um, he's doing the most with his God-given ability. But like, I think again, what Tim and I are sort of like, you know, praying for, looking for, begging for, is just you know elite top-end speed. And I just. He's being billed as such, but we also heard that Deion Colsey's like a first rounder, and I don't think he ever sees the field at Notre Dame. And Singer, I've been saying that for 16 months now, you know, 12 months easy. He's being billed as a 4-4 guy, and I'm just I'm just saying pump the brakes. Tim, I'm much more excited about Cam Williams and Micah Gilbert coming into the fold than I am Chris Mitchell and Bo Collins, personally. You know, Cam, Cam Williams in, in particular – I think he's going to be – I mean, everybody likes to talk about C.J. Carr. I mean, there's some KBA. There's some great recruits, Kedron Young in that class. But, I mean, Cam Williams, if this thing pans out, he's one of those stars that, that we've been clamoring for. So three of the guys you just mentioned there, I got to see this week um, in, in Texas. Awesome. Yeah, so, so Cam got – hurt the morning of the second practice so that was really disappointing um he told me the injury i don't remember it, it, it he's only supposed to be out for like two weeks three weeks before he's back to 100 percent. so he'll be totally fine uh by the start of spring ball um but can't just and like it seeing him in, in the first practice i mean there was no like real competitive periods but like he looks different you know like he 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 the Jeremiah Smith kid there, the five, the number one player in the country going to Ohio State, uh, you know, talking to um, one of the the guys on on three, he's telling me he's like, this is the best receiver I've seen since Julio uh, Julio Jones. I was like, well, that day he is scout. I was like, I mean, Jeremiah Smith's a little bit different, but Cam, like Cam's Cam looked like a five star receiver to me. Um, and then Kingston, I think was not even close. He was the best linebacker at the All American Bowl. Like he was outstanding. Like. He just like he was beating offensive linemen to their spots. Like it was like his his ability to read and react so freaking quickly was insane. Um, you know, kind of a opposite. I, I don't want to throw a stray bullet out, but an opposite of a, a linebacker that Goolsby talks about. Um, or you know Goolsby's analysis on on a certain linebacker. Um, and then uh, Kedron Young didn't really do much in the game. Practice all week. The running backs just do swing passes. That's all they they don't they don't really do a whole lot. Um, but I mean, just like physically, like he looks outstanding. Um, and then uh, who's the last one? Bryce Young got rave reviews all week as well. Um, the the you know the son of Brian Young um, physically look really good. I think he's going to move up in the rankings even more. Still need some pass rush work, like technically, like he's just kind of playing off athleticism and power right now. Um, but like when you look at the frame um it's impressive like his calves are still like kind of skinny like and he's got this bigger upper body so like he's got some more like developing to do physically but like he he is a really impressive player and he's just a large very large human being as well so 
those guys look great. Gerby was there, um, but injured. Um, he injured um, a minor knee injury at the end of November. So there was no re- reason for him to risk playing in this game. Um, re- I still think Gerby might end up as a five-star though, even though he didn't get to play in it. So that was kind of the rundown of those guys. You mentioned, you mentioned skinny calves. Couldn't notice this. I'm sure but calves are genetic and some of your best athletes, they have no calf. And if they do have it, Tim, it's real high, like a real high calf, you know, like it's, but you know, Bryce young, he's an NFL kid. I mean, you look at that body type. I mean, I sent you a picture of a kid. I just started training Stefan Owusu, six foot six, 330 pounds with a seven, two wingspan. It's like, if, if, you can pull all, pull everything together. That's an NFL kit. You know, they're just they're a different type of human being walking around. Hedron Young, I got to see him a little bit in that game. It's a remarkable if he's 220. Yeah, I mean, he must be just so densely built because it's like he looks like he's, you know, 185 in pads or something. But it's like, you know, he he's gonna get up to 5'10, 225, 230. It's like oof. and then KBA. I just wish she was like an inch taller, but as I was texting you, I was like, how sick does KBA look? And I'm like, I'm telling you, somebody that played that position, Tim, you can't do it much better. <laughs> it's like what that kid does, you can't really, maybe you're a little bit faster, maybe you're a little bit longer or whatever, but in terms of playing middle linebacker, it's like, holy smokes, is he good. Yeah. Uh, before I jump in those, let me just backtrack a few seconds because Goolsby and I always talk about numbers and track stuff. So someone posted in the chat, which I love, that Drew Tranquil ran a 10-8. Well, a 10-8, he ran a 4-5-7 at the combine. So you could start to see numbers. So when Goolsby saying Mitchell, the wide receivers running an 11-1-11-200, what did I say? It equates to a 4-6 plus. So that's kind of how those things track out. So you start to see how track times and 40 times start to for guys listening to the podcast thinking Mitchell's a four, four guy. He's, he's not, if you're running you know, 11 flat, 11, 100. So it just doesn't equal that. But um, man, Hey, I'm not going to say anything about Kingston. Cause I've been saying it for 18 months. As soon yeah, as he got really. an offer, first thing I said on the message board, and I think on our pot of gold show was, Hey, if he comes to Notre Dame, he's the best linebacker since Jalen Smith, the most ready to play freshman man but and, and of course Goolsby would know this I got so much blowback on the message board like oh how can you say that look at all these guys Notre Dame is signed well let's just go back the last couple of years Mike Goolsby played a little linebacker at Notre Dame you signed Jalen Sneed who we're still trying to find a position for you saw Josh Burnham is now in a three-point stance full-time Tuli Alamaka is playing uh whatchamacallit outside um Ziggler's going to go play in the Mac. The next class, you got Bowen, which he's going to compete with with uh, Mr. Kingston. We'll see how that goes. Preston Zinner, my humble opinion, I don't think he's going to play at Notre Dame. I think he's going to get beat out by better football players. And then Osbury, which, you know, his speed is electric. So we'll see what happens there. But those are the linebackers from the last couple of years. And that's why I, I, I said what I said 18 months ago. I'm like, I think Kingston's playing as a freshman. Whether that's a starter, but his butt's going to get on the field. And he's a dude. He's a dude. It's where he comes from. And there's some film I saw of him this week. And I'm just like, God, man, you can put a blindfold on him and he's going to read a play. He's so freaking good. 
And finally, finally, people out there that run all these scouting services are, are seeing it and coming to life. So the dude's a five-star. If he's not a five-star, I don't care because he is on film. And that's that's the truth when you watch him. He's a flat-out stud. Congrats to Al Washington because he was the one recruiting him at Ohio State. Comes to Notre Dame, and he's the first guy he started recruiting on day one. So Notre Dame's been on that guy for two straight years. So kudos to them. Yeah. Um, the Bowen KBA competition is going to be fun. And Bowen is one of those guys that's, you know, he's a really good football player, like really good. I've always thought he's a little tight, just a little tight. But then you watch him playing running back, but I'm looking at like knee drive, being able to drop your weight. But then he's going to have like a lot of intangible leadership, probably know that playbook in and out, which is going to give him a little bit of a leg up. But I did see a play in the Sun Bowl, and I think I think he got on his man late or it was like a wheel route or something to the back, Tim. I don't quite remember the play, but it was the first time that I got to see Drake Bowen like sort of isolated running in space. And I wasn't blown away. You know, in terms of like top end, long speed, as I like to say. And I was just like, you know, so there, there's definitely some some holes in his game. But two really good players, nonetheless. It's really going to come down to who can digest and learn that playbook and in so doing earn a coach's trust. Osbury's a fascinating kid. Another kid, Tim, that's like – if you're trying to teach kids how to move, flip your hips, et cetera, et cetera, transfer weight. I mean, Osbury does it just about as good as you could ask, but he's just, he's small. And you see him running around there. Was he number 23? I mean, it looks like Kyron Williams playing linebacker. He's very small, great football player, but he's very small. And yeah, his, same, high school, his high school film was crazy, Osbury. Yeah. I mean, he knocked the living hell out of you. It was so, so physical. But, uh, yeah, you're right with Bowen, especially someone just put in the comments, Damn, high five to you. Is is he playing baseball? Uh, that's something Singer or the guys in South Bend could figure out. So if he's playing baseball, doing a little bit of football, going back and forth, KBA he's not he's sucking up the reps. So that's going to be interesting. And you know, we're talking obviously. I'm assuming we're thinking he's this is the Mike position because Kaiser plays Will. So Mr. Mike Goolsby, where does Jalen Sneed play? Is he just a permanent dime package rush specialty type guy? So, you know, because they only play two linebackers. They only play two linebackers. The Rover, that is, you know, that is what they do. The Rover's a cover guy. They're not playing none of these guys out there because they do that single digits every game. And it's only in special situations we'll, you know, see three true linebackers on the field. The Sneed, Tim, we could probably do 30 minutes on, on, him because he's been such an enigma and I'll never forget it. This is the third or fourth time I've cited it on this show. Singer interviewed him at some recruiting camp Nike thing or something. And he was talking about his visit to Notre Dame and what a sweetheart of a kid. And he was like, yeah, they had me watching film. And like, he was just understanding for like right then and there on that visit to Notre Dame. Like there's more than football, more to football than just like see ball, get ball. Like, the, the concept of gap discipline, the poor kid played three different positions in high school, like safety, linebacker, DN. He comes to Notre Dame with all that five-star hype and athleticism. He's drinking through a fire hose. The time is now for Jalen Sneed. And this is your third spring. 
I mean, this is kind of make or break. There's no shame in being that Mark Micah Parsons kind of pass rush, you know, gadget guy. There's no shame in that. But if he's going to be trying, going to become a full time starter at will, now's the time to do so. I want to talk about Jack Kaiser because I saw a couple things. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, and you throw that out there as you're as you're making great points. But that's Kaiser's best position as will. Kaiser, if he plays, Mike's going to get eaten alive. That's my opinion. I don't think he's big enough, physical enough to play in there. I think he's the will playing off things, as you know well. So if he's the will backer and and if Sneed and Sneed, I, I man, I said it all year, just let him be Micah Parsons. So if Jalen Sneed's being Mike Micah Parsons, that means Botello's not on the field, right? Because that's kind of the same spot, the the Viper, that hybrid type of guy on the edge. And Sneed was crazy in, in the Sun Bowl. He was like just just rushing like mad. He's he's so damn athletic. But if you're only going to play him in the Aztec, that's once every three plays. You know, and, and if a team's pounding the rock, you don't see him until you're third and eight. So how do you get him on the field full time to use that athleticism? And that's going to be. I think I want to take credit for the Micah Parsons, Jalen Steen thing. I want to, because I was just like, man, but. I think Kaiser, dude, he's a sixth-year player. I think he's working on – I think he'll be a brain surgeon by the time he gets done. He's on, like, his fourth degree. The kid's really bright. I think situationally you can play a – you could slide Jack into playing Mike in a third-down scenario and then maybe put Sneed at will in a third and obvious type passing thing. And then if it's more of a mixed down, I think you could put Bowen or KBA at Mike and then – Jack at will in a mixed down scenario, but you're right, Tim, in terms of uh, being able to kind of the physicality of playing like true middle linebacker. There was a play in the Sun Bowl where he got blocked at the second level by a guard or whomever, and it was like yuck. Like it was like he was like trying to use his hands. I was like, dude, like that. It was bad. It was like it was bad. I was like so. That was disappointing and almost shocking to see how uncomfortable he was, like dealing with blockers and all that. So we'll see. But it's, I still think you're going to, I still think, Tim, conspiracy theory, where's my, where's my hat, my tinfoil hat? But I, I just, I still see there's too many linebackers like that continue to come in that are too multiple. What are they to not sprinkle in a little bit of 335? You know? Other than that, like get rid of the the the, the rover terminology. It's like yeah, that Aztec package could be a three three five. Just walk them off the line, you know. I just they're they they're gonna have to find a way to roll these all these kids in. Otherwise, we're gonna get stuck with JD Bertrand and Ameris for three years consecutively. You know. All right, Tim. Before. Uh, before we go to Tim, let's hear from uh, our uh, next sponsor for today's show, and that is Factor Meals, um, something that I've really enjoyed uh, working into my own diet because it's nutritious and it's flavorful uh, to fuel you on those jam-packed days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. Uh, and this is going to help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You're going to save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. 
uh, my wife and I have tried out many of these different, um, you know, ready to eat meals, delivery service things. Uh, but the difference there being the ready to eat. Um, some of them, you have to cook it all. This, it's high quality stuff and you just throw it in the oven for five minutes or so. Um, and uh, it, it tastes great as well. Um, so factors not just for dinner. You can count on extra convenience any time of the day with an assortment of 55 plus add-ons to suit various preference and taste. Choose from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab and go snacks and ready to drink cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. I personally loved the smoothies. Um, so this January, folks, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door ready in just a few minutes. No prep, no mess. So this is what you're going to do. Head to factormeals.com slash BGI50. Make sure you use that promo code BGI50. You're going to get 50% off. That's BGI50 at factormeals.com slash BGI50 to get 50% off. Thank you, Factor Meals. Uh, going over to you, Mr. Hyde. Well, first off, BC just gave a, a comment. Let's check that out real quick. So there's your uh, your plug yep. right there. for have Factor. Factor for a year. Highly recommend them. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really enjoyed it. Those smoothies, I'm telling you. Very yeah, good. Uh, no, my only thing is, you know, Goolsby talks about 335. I, me personally, I think they're kind of doing it already as a hybrid is Mike Will, the Viper. The Viper, because he's a stand-up guy. You know, they have, you know, when Mike, I know when Mike Goolsby talks about 335, it's it's Fosky. Put him in the middle like they did as a true 3-3. Three, three. The 5 is always going to be out there because that's the Rover. I know we say Rover. Uh, I'm with you. Just quit calling it that. You don't play a Rover. There's no outside linebacker. It's a straight-up DB. There are five DBs. 90 plus percent of the time. The only time we don't see it is goal line is if a team comes out with a fullback and a tight end on short yardage in the middle of the field, which we saw a couple times. Um, we saw it in the Sun Bowl, three linebackers, two, three true backers out there, but that was the Sun Bowl. It was a scrimmage and Oregon State was wanting to get the hell out of there in the second half. So, But that's my thought with the 3-3. Three, three. But, you know, that is one thing we talked a lot about this time last year was 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 – you know, Batello, Tuli Alamaca, were we going to see them drop back and play that 3-3 stack? And we never did this year. So, we, you know, they stayed true to that hybrid four-man front, so to speak, with that stand-up Viper. So, yeah. So and far. it's – well, everybody wants – you know, we want things as fans because everybody wants to know everything, right? And everybody wants to be, you know, football guru. And I think we're both on the same page, Tim – to a degree where there's some gray here, right? I'm telling about, I'm talking about, it's really hard to find that Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. You know, that, that kid is a, a, a needle in a haystack in terms of the ability to cover like a DB and blitz and play the run like a linebacker. But I, these, we have these like alley types, like a Kennedy Erlach or a Rezac, the Benny Powell, um, you know, Osbury to a degree, like those alley overhang type players that can you could walk up if need be, but there's just but they're not a classic linebacker. So it's just nobody thought really saw this Aztec package coming. And I'm just looking at those body types, and it's just like, you know, like a kid like Osbury is too good to keep off the field. But if we can find a kid, and then we've always been a little bit vulnerable to a run, but to your point. 
we're playing like this hybrid four-man front, playing true nickel in terms of our DBs. Yes. But it's like, but that makes us a little bit vulnerable to chunk runs. We continually, all for two years now, we give up chunk runs. So if you put a bigger body maybe as that alley overhang player, might that solve some of those issues? Yeah. There's well, a lot of variability to it. Well, it's, I mean, God, that's perfect what you just said about the chunk runs because look at the games where they got beat up in. Duke ran the ball for almost 200 yards, just hammered the ball right at Notre Dame. Louisville, that running back for Louisville, went nuts in that game. Clemson gets the backup in, and he runs for 190 yards. So it's not like – you know, which is crazy because Notre Dame finished sixth, sixth in total defense, the highest, like, total yards number since 1980 when that defense went and played Herschel Walker in the Sugar Bowl. That's how long it's been, Goolsby. So – you know, as, as a total defensive total number. Yet when push came to shoving some games, they just got they were a sieve against the run. Bad tackling, bad fits, all those things. Even the Buckeyes game, I hate the you know Xavier Watts, hell of a season. But Ohio State's big touchdown run, Xavier Watts whiffs on the tackle in the alley. And you know, Henderson goes for 60. So, you know, there's times you're right. SC, they get the, they run speed option, the guy rips off 50 yard run in that game. So there was times where Notre Dame just got beat up on the run. So how can you constantly take that? Cause there's going to be some games next year where teams are just going to be like, we're going to run the damn ball. And, and you know, A&M is going to be game one doing that because Elko, that's his style that he did at Duke. And he's going to bring that in. here. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Somehow we segued off of talking about Snead, but this is, this is a big off season for him. And he's he's started to get a little bit more comfortable. You know, the couple, the handful of times, Tim, you get to see him play inside. It's like, okay, there's a shuffle. I can see him kind of tracking the ball. Like, you know, he's he's in, inching along. But this this spring, I mean, it's got to be it if he's going to become a full time starter. Because if not, you're going to be just relegated to that rush guy, and then we've got to find somebody else that we can really depend on to play like a true will. So. Huge, important season for uh, for Snead here. And I, yeah, you know, we talk about Snead so much because that's, you know, Awusa Koromora. That's who we want that to be. And, yep. and that that's a special dude, man. That's a special dude who's probably going to, you know, he's a Pro Bowl alternate, which means he's probably going to end up going there because someone will opt out. So that's, I, I think we're so spoiled by him. Like we just instantly think, well, Snead looks like him and runs like him. Man, but that's a you got to play slot, so you got to play the run as we saw against Clemson when he rips off the fumble and scores. And you got man, there's one play against Pittsburgh in 2020 that a deep slot bend route and a Wusu just run it and just tips it. Just like, how the hell did you do that? That play against Pitt sticks in my head forever, right? About him and what he's doing. And, and I actually just got his number because I've you know, he's from Ghana. And this kid that I started training, he, his family's from Ghana. He moved here at three. So I got JOK's number. I'm going to try and connect and put more support around this kid. But what he does in the NFL, Tim, he's kind of, he's almost one of a kind. I mean, he is lightning quick. And it's, yeah, it's almost unfair to expect that of Jalen Sneed. But um, yeah, both special players, both special players. Am I back? Okay. Uh, I'm putting a poll in the chat. Is Goolsby's dog a good boy? Yes or very yes. Those are your two options. Yes or very yes. What's your dog's name, Mike? 
Cash. Oh yeah. Cash. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great dog. Love that dog. Great uh, dog. Yeah. David with the five dollar super chat says, "Great show, guys. As always, any update on Damian Shakelin? This would be a great addition to an already stacked class." Yes, um, actually, Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame is the team to beat in that recruitment, and uh, we'll have an, more of an update on him in an article posted on blueandgold.com tomorrow night. Uh, but yes, Notre Dame has was it four defensive line commits already? Couple uh, or about three defensive ends and, and an interior guy, um, like a true nose when I say interior guy. And I mean, the, they'll, they'll still take Shanklin to my knowledge. Um, he is uh, certainly a huge target for the Irish still. Um, but I, I think really for the D line board, kind of moving forward, it's 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 just him. Uh, but we'll see. Trash says, Is it possible for the FSU snub to happen to Notre Dame the last couple years? I don't know about the last couple years. No, because we're going to the twelve. Yeah, we're going to the twelve team playoffs. I mean, playoffs. So we're not going to see the forty-eight opt-outs from Florida State ever again. We're going to the playoffs. Yeah. So if Notre Dame's a one-loss team, they're going to be in the playoff. Be in unless, the playoffs. unless they got blown out in their one loss and then played a, you know, a Michigan hey, non-conference schedule. But if they're twelve and zero like FSU was, they're they're in the playoffs. yes. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, yeah, the twelve. T- the whole blow, it's funny, Singer and I was just talking about this before the show, the whole blow up about FSU, Georgia, all these opt-outs, man, that's all going away because all those New Year's Six games are the playoff games now. So those dudes are going to be playing in those. We're not going to – the only opt-outs we're going to be seeing are the Joe Alls, the Estimates, those types of guys where if Notre Dame is not in the playoffs, Notre Dame's – if they're not in the playoffs, they are automatically playing in the Outback Bowl, the Sun Bowl, the – Pop Tarts Bowl, they could eat a Pop Tart at the end of the game. That's where Notre Dame's going because the New Year's Sixes are all the playoffs from now on. So if Notre Dame's not with the big boys, yeah. Enjoy the Sun Bowl moving forward. And Carl said, uh, do you feel the transfer portal evens the playing field out because certain teams cannot keep stacking talent behind talent? Talent, Thanks again. Yeah, I, I, the, the whole notion about the transfer portal is going to make like or, or transfer portal in NIL is going to make the rich even richer. I feel like it's maybe not happened. Um, because guys don't like sitting and then they can go somewhere. Like a lot, I've been noticing a lot of guys will leave for a closer to home team. got the NIL opportunities close to home and um, early playing time. So it, it's an interesting thought. Goolsby, do you have anything on this? Um, I think it's a good thought. I, I, I tend to agree here with Carl and that, yeah, it does kind of level the playing field. And whenever we get into these conversations, I just go back to like college coaches. I mean, they had to deal with enough BS before and it's like, they're going to spend invest two years of their life recruiting this kid only for him to, to leave a year later. Now I got to recruit this other kid. There's still a lot of gray with this. And we had Brady Quinn on the show to talk about NIL, you know, a year or so ago, right singer. And yep. You know, and I, I've interviewed a couple of these recruits on Patreon. It's like Notre Dame doesn't really talk about NIL, but it, they don't lead with it, but it exists. Yeah. To what capacity? Who knows? You know, so you hear about some other kid that went to some other school and he was promised a bag of cash and it never materializes. So then that's the reason he left. So there's, I think there's, there's still some like dominoes or chips left to fall here until this thing entirely shakes itself out. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I'm always going to be a believer in like 
look at what Michigan's done this year. That cult that they've created over there. Um, and it's cult culture, but it's like cult. It's a cult. Nobody left. They'd have one player jump in the portal, you know, and they're going to go. They're about to win the championship tomorrow night. I don't see Washington beating them. And it's like, I still think that that's a big component to college football is to build your core group. And if you need, you know, one or two Z from the portal, let's go get them. But um, I like what Notre Dame's doing overall. Tim, real so, quick. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, that's I mean, that's a great point because, I mean, Michigan went out and they and they fit a few needs. There's a few portal guys. Our center, offensive tackle right now. Uh, like the DN that, you know, trucked the, the last play of the game was a two-star out of what, Coastal Carolina. So there, there you go on that uh, for that recruiting ranking as he flat backs a first-round right tackle backwards. But, yeah. Freeman's doing the same thing. He's going to recruit, recruit, recruit. Who could survive? Who could play at this level? After two years, he kind of knows. And if not, you're going to go find the Duke DN. You're going to find Baptiste last year, Harper. Replace Harper with a Clark coming from Arizona State. And obviously what he's doing at quarterback, which it sounds like, if, I mean, but yeah, well, we'll get into that a year from now. But if some of these young guys do step up and show they're the dude, then obviously you don't need to do the portal each and every year, which is the same thing what SC's doing. SC is probably going to go with the guy who's been in the program for three years, Miller Moss next year. So it's, it's going to even it out, but transfers don't automatically mean success. Just because the old miss is loading up on 50 guys does not mean because you still got to play for one another. And Mike Goolsby brought that up and you've heard Harbaugh mention that all week long in his press conferences. So, Still about culture. Yeah, Tim, I completely think I, I agree with you completely. And then it also kind of goes back to your point about like Denbrock. Like it, it like Notre Dame's winning the offseason. You bring in some nice transfers, you get the shiny offensive coordinator, but like I don't know, man. I remember last offseason when Parker got hired, Notre Dame fans didn't like there was they were more upset about the the Ludwig thing than they were like cared about Jared Parker being hired. But I just remember all off season. I was like, no one's talking about Jared Parker. And I know that this fan base is going to turn on this guy really quickly during the season. And I'm just like sitting here like, man, Notre Dame's winning this off season right now. But if, if this offense doesn't get it turned against Texas A&M, no one's going to care about Denbrock and, and like all the people praising the love and Denbrock in the off season and how a plus of an higher that was. If Notre Dame doesn't get it done against Texas A&M, all that is out the window. And that was just good off season fun. So. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, you know, we're coming up on the big game here in a few, in a few minutes, but uh, yeah, we need to try and find a time in the next month to get together, break down the schedule and yeah. do some nine month out predictions, which it's you know it, believe it or not it's not going to be that hard with this schedule next year so there's yeah. a lot of uh Goolsby did not play this many cupcakes back in those days so um, my last my last thoughts is singer's clearly got ants in his pants you either got a stretch or you got ants in your pants but i think the denbrock hire closing thought it's interesting because last year was all about hartman this year it seems like at least you know the last couple weeks it's about denbrock not a lot of talk about Riley Leonard, which is kind of fun because Riley Leonard to me isn't a finished product in the way that we all thought Sam Hartman kind of was. You know, there wasn't a lot of room for growth. So it's like, let Riley Leonard go to work. Let Gino go to work with him. Because, I again, I'm going to coin that phrase. He's an athlete playing quarterback still in terms of the nuances of the position. 
So it's like, yeah, let Denbrock take all that, all that spotlight, take all that soon to be heat. Once we go live games, live fire. But I just think it's a really interesting opportunity. Like this Riley Leonard piece and his level of success, if he stays healthy, I'm a little worried about that, but so much of that falls on to Gino, man. And what a, what an opportunity for Coach Gino to develop him um, and weave him into a Denbrock offense with a mobile quarterback. But, Mike, let's get out of here, buddy. All right, college football playoff predictions, the final game. Tim, score. You got? Oh, I mean, I'll go Michigan. I'll go Michigan 30 to, 30 to 20. How's that? Goals? I, yeah, I like that. I'd say like 30 at 34. 34, 24, something like that. Michigan. Washington's got freakish receivers, but their D's been atrocious at times. But um, I can't believe we're going to talk about Michigan winning a freaking national title. Holy moly. All right. For, yeah. Washington by 45. There you go. Take it to the bank. What does he say? Washington by 45? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so Goolsby, next time we join, one of our, one of our things is, if Michigan can do it, when's Notre Dame going to do it? How's that? Oh, that's going to be fun. Well, we just got to create a cult first. Yeah, that's the – but no, I mean, it's – yeah, it's, it's, it's you, to your point, that hardball, it's like you got to – I talked about this on Patreon. Like, you got to respect what that weirdo's doing. You got to respect it. You might be against it. It's like, oh, well, everybody steals signals. We're going to do it better than anybody else, you know? He's it's he's, that 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 us against the world mentality. Every other football team, as long as time's been saying, "Oh, it's us against the world." This team truly, truly, truly believes it. Um, and I think Harbaugh pushed all his chips to the middle of the table. Find me, suspend me, you know, kick cast me out of college football. They're still going to build me a damn statue after I win this son of a bitch. And he doesn't care. Off to the NFL, and I respect them for it. And uh, last thing, Brendan said, congrats on 25K. Yeah, we hit 25K subscribers on YouTube. Absolutely love that. That's uh, all you, Singer. That's all Singer, dude. That's all Singer. No, that's all you guys. On our way to 50,000. Thank you to the Notre Dame fans and uh, to the uh, amazing talent that I have around me uh, because there's no way that we could do this number right here and uh, have me talk for, you know, over an hour and 10 minutes. I need these uh, these handsome guys, um, you know, on the screen with me to uh, to carry the show. So, uh, do appreciate everyone watching today's show. Hit that thumbs up, of course, before you get out of here. Subscribe to our channel if you have not done so yet. Head over to blueandgold.com for much more Notre Dame football and recruiting coverage. Uh, yeah, I'm Mike Singer and signing off for Tim Hyde and Mike Gould. We appreciate you all. Have a great rest of your week or have a great start to your week. How about that? See you guys.